There were several women there that night, including Jesus' mother, Mary, and me. My name is Mary, too, but I'm Magdalene. I had followed Jesus faithfully ever since he cast seven unclean spirits out of me. We were all exhausted, mentally and physically. We only had a few hours sleep the night before because we were all awakened when Jesus was taken that night by our officials. We stayed outside while Jesus was tried before the high priest and then followed along as he was taken before Pilate and Herod. We didn't see everything they did to him, but they abused him terribly. As, and we watched Jesus bleeding as he carried his cross and he was, he was falling under the weight of it. That's when the soldiers grabbed Simon from Cyrene to help him. And we followed as close as we could and, and they led him to Gothica, the, the place of the skull. They laid him down on that cross and, and they, they pounded those nails into his hands, his feet. We, we clung to each other, shuddering. They, they lifted that cross up and they dropped it into the hole in the ground. I remember the sound. We heard his words as he spoke from the cross through clenched teeth. He struggled even to breathe. He was in agony. We watched Joseph from Arimathea and Nicodemus take his body. They took it down gently from the cross and they, they wrapped him in linen. And we, we followed as they carried the body to Joseph's own tomb. They laid him in the tomb, and we watched as they rolled the giant stone across the opening. It was over. He was gone. We were, we were supposed to be back in town getting ready to celebrate the Passover. And as much as those traditions meant to us, they seemed hollow to me after that. We just sat there together in the darkness and, and prayed. For as long as he was with us, Jesus had always made things right. He always had. But how could he now? We had no idea. But we prayed. What else could we do? The next day, we rested because it was a Sabbath. And we did manage to gather the oils and the spices that we needed to finish repairing Jesus' body. But, but that was all we could do. We heard that the Jewish leaders had secured a military guard of soldiers from Pilate to guard the tomb because they were afraid that we would go steal Jesus' body and claim that he had been resurrected. But we just waited for the Sabbath to end. So the next day, the third day, before daybreak, we gathered up our things and we rushed to the garden where the tomb was. We were careful not to wake the others. I didn't have a clue what we were going to do when we got there because there was no way we could roll back the huge stone. But we just felt compelled to go anyway. Dawn was breaking when we arrived at the garden and suddenly the ground began to shake and we fell to the ground. 
Then there was a streak of light, blinding light. And we saw an angel. He was standing in front of the tomb. And his, his robe was whiter than snow. And he was massive and with a simple hand motion, just like this, the stone rolled away. The guards, they all fainted on the ground like dead men. But the angel speaks to us and he says, don't be afraid. We knew then he was a real angel because that's what they always say when they meet humans, right? And then he says, he's not here. He's raised just as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. And we all stumbled into the tomb and there are the grave clothes just laying there, but no body. The tomb had no body in it. Then the angel tells us, go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead and is going to Galilee. There you will see him. So we step over the soldiers who are still laying there on the ground and we run to tell the others. And all the while I'm thinking, God entrusted us women to take the news of Jesus' resurrection. Can you believe that? After we were gone, the soldiers came too, and while we're running off to tell the disciples, they go straight to our officials and bribe them to tell everyone that we had taken the body which is absurd because we saw the angel roll back the stone and the tomb is already empty. Jesus was already gone. When we arrived back at the house and told Peter and the others, they couldn't believe it. Peter takes off running for the garden with John behind him and John at Runsome gets there first and he leans over and looks into the tomb and he sees the grave clothes laying there in a heap just like a body dematerialized out of them. But he doesn't go in. Then Peter comes panting out of breath and he runs to John and right into the tomb. He sees the gray clothes laying there and he also sees the headpiece lying there folded. That is when Peter believed. No soldier would have taken the time to fold up that head wrapping. Then Peter and John came back to the others and gave everyone the incredible news. The body's gone. Jesus is gone. That's when I went back to the garden to pray. I stood outside the tomb, praying and crying. I bent over to look in the tomb, and now there are two angels, and they're, they're sitting where Jesus has been. And when they see me, they said, why are you crying? Through my tears, I started to blurt, they've, they've taken my Lord away, and I don't know what they've done with him. Then suddenly I hear the I hear the noise and I turn and I see the gardener and I run to where he had put the body I ran to ask him where he had put the body and and that's when one word changed everything. That one word changed everything in history for me. It was my name, Mary. He said Mary and it was Jesus. I ran to him and I fell down and I wrapped my arms around him. I never wanted to let go of him ever again. But he told me to let him go and go tell the others, which I did. 
Jesus was risen. He was alive. Not long after that, Jesus appeared to Peter and then to the rest of the apostles. He eventually appeared to over 500 of us and he opened our understanding to the meaning of the scripture, showing us how they are all about him. He is our Messiah and he is alive. Now maybe you're wondering about something, the same thing I wondered. Why did Jesus pick me, a woman, formerly possessed with seven demons, to be the first person that knew about his resurrection? Why me? But consider this. Why has he chosen you to know about him? Why do you get to have a Bible and have the gospel? Why do you get to see him through the lives of his followers? Why do you get to know the same thing I know? Jesus is risen. He is alive. Jesus is alive. The original Doubting Thomas. The one. The only. That's probably about the only thing you know about me. I mean, except that uh, I was one of the 12 that followed Jesus, that he called and made an apostle. How I came by the nickname Doubting Thomas? Let me tell you about that. See, after Jesus was resurrected, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. I'm glad he gave her that special recognition. Same for the other women who had served him so faithfully. The next time Jesus appeared was the same day on the road to Emmaus, where he revealed himself to a couple more of our number. Cleopas said that they were about seven miles from Jerusalem when the stranger uh, pulled up alongside them. You know, they were walking. They didn't recognize him, even though he talked with them as they walked along the road that day. He told them all about the Messiah. He took them through the Old Testament, through the books of Moses and all the prophets, showing them how the Messiah would suffer, all the things that he suffered before entering his glory. And they still didn't recognize him. Then they stopped at the inn, and they convinced him to stay and have supper with them. The moment he gave thanks and broke bread, boom, they knew who he was. That's also when he, he vanished. And they come running back to, to Jerusalem to, to tell the rest of us all about it. That same evening, all the apostles were gathered together in the upper room, except for me. People have wondered why I wasn't there, along with the others. I don't know if you can understand how disappointed I was, what it was like when Jesus died on the cross. And when they buried him in the, t in the tomb, have you ever experienced complete and utter disillusionment and despair? I don't know. Maybe I'm one of those people who wants to be alone in their grief. I don't know, but the, 
the, the rest, they were all there. They had the doors locked. We were all still afraid of what the officials might do, you know. Hey, we were hanging with Jesus. Anyway, back to the others being in the upper room. Jesus was suddenly among them. The moment they saw him, they, they jumped back, of course, you know. He's supposed to be dead. But Jesus spoke peace to them. They thought they saw a ghost. But he showed them his hands where the nails had been driven and his side where the sword had pierced his flesh. He even ate a piece of fish in front of them just so they would know that he was real. But I wasn't, I wasn't there to see any of that. And they told me all about it later. Well, of course, but I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's where people started calling me Doubting Thomas. Like I was the only one who ever doubted. Maybe you can understand. Jesus had told us all that he was going to be crucified and that he would rise again from the dead. He even told us that a number of times. But you may have noted this. Sometimes it's a real battle to believe. And as much as I wanted it to be true, it seemed too good to be true. I had seen him do so many miracles with my own eyes. But that's kind of what I'm saying. Those things I've seen with my own eyes. So, so I told him, I said, unless I see his hands, and the marks of the nails and feel his side where they pierced his body. I won't believe. I will never believe. Yeah, that's what I said. And that's when I became doubting Thomas. But that's not the end of the story, is it? You know it's not. Because eight days later, the disciples were all gathered again in the same upper room. This time, I was with them. And, and the doors were all locked again. Because you have to understand how dangerous these days were for us. Can you understand that? Really? But then, there he was. Jesus suddenly standing right there with us. We all jumped back. Again, he spoke, and he said, peace to us, peace to you. And again, he looked right at me. Thomas, he looked at me. He called my name, and he said, Thomas, put your finger here, and see my hands, and put your hand, and touch my side. Stop doubting. Believe. That's when I fell to my knees and I cried out to him, my Lord and my God. And that's when he said this to me. You believe because you have seen me. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. 
You know, I can't say that I recall everything that Jesus ever said to me, but I have never forgotten those words. Because whether you see with your eyes or not, it doesn't change what is. And faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith is a blessing from God. You are so blessed to believe. Not too long after that, we all headed off to the hills of Galilee where Jesus had told us to go. We worshipped him there, but some still doubted. I was not one of those doubters anymore. Jesus did so many things during his lifetime, and even after his resurrection, that all the books in the world couldn't contain it all. But Jesus had promised us that we would receive his Holy Spirit and that when he came, he would not only be our strength, but he would also enable us to recall the things he had said and did so we could write them down as witnesses to you and for you. Now everything that Jesus said or did is written down, but what has been written down by those of us who witnessed it, it is all recorded for you so that you can believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and thereby believing you may have life in his name, eternal life. You know, one of the very last things Jesus said to us just before he ascended to the right hand of the Father were these words. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Jordan, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And we are, we are eyewitnesses of his life, his death, and resurrection. We saw it all with our own eyes. But every single time I've ever shared my witness of those nail-pierced hands, I've always recalled the words that Jesus said to me on that day. You believe because you have seen me, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's you. I hope it's you. Are you blessed? to believe. Maybe see it as we close. We've talked about the story. We've heard the story. We've sung the story. We've celebrated the story. Maybe this Easter, 2021, it's resonating with you in a different way. I, I want to challenge two lines of thinking. I just have two points as we close. Maybe you're hearing the ice tinkle on the windows out there. Maybe you're happy that you're participating from home today. I just have two lines of thinking I want to challenge. Mary's line of thinking, and then the way that Thomas was thinking. And I want to thank Lee and Jason. Didn't they do a good job? Incredible. It takes a lot of guts to get up in front of the camera like that in an empty room and record something. They did a great job. 
Maybe you're struggling to believe the truth about yourself like Mary was. Maybe you're struggling to believe the truth about who Jesus is and what he accomplished for you in your place. So first of all, that truth about yourself. Maybe you're struggling to believe that you could be loved, that you could be chosen, that somebody could know who you are, what you've done, your background, your brokenness, your story, the dysfunction in your family, the places where you've been, the places you've come from, and still love you in spite of you. Maybe you're struggling to believe the truth that there is real love out there, that there is somebody who wants to love you without getting anything in return, love with no strings attached. Maybe you're thinking, I've, I've tried love, I've tried relationships, I've tried trusting people, I've been burned, I've been hurt, there's brokenness in my past, I've, I've ended up hurting people. But would you choose to believe today, just like Mary believed, that God has chosen you, God does love you, God chose to give his son to die for you? That's why we remember and celebrate Good Friday, Jesus went to the cross for you. He knows you by name. He knows your story. He knows all the skeletons in your closet. He knows the things that you don't tell anybody else. Maybe this Easter Sunday, that message is resonating with you like never before. You're realizing that God could still love you in spite of you. And in fact, he does love you. Or maybe the truth that you're struggling to believe is that Jesus actually accomplished this story that we celebrate on Easter Sunday. Maybe like Doubting Thomas, you said, look, unless I see with my eyes and I touch the place in his hands where the nails went in and the side where the spear went in, I will never believe. Thomas had to come to the place where he was face-to-face confronted with the risen, resurrected Jesus. He touched the nails, he saw the spear in his side, And he said, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus clarified to Thomas that blessed are those who still believe having not seen. Blessed are those who still believe without having seen all the things that you've gotten to see, Thomas. That's us, isn't it? That's you and me. We didn't get to see it with our own eyes. We didn't get to see the resurrected Jesus in body with our own eyes. Thomas said that he appeared to many. Mary mentioned that he appeared to more than 500 at one time. And Thomas said that the Gospels, the recorded story of the life of Jesus in the Scriptures, is enough to place our faith and trust in. We can believe without having seen. And that belief in the resurrected Jesus changes everything. You see, on Friday... Our sins were nailed to the cross and we received forgiveness. God offered us forgiveness, redemption, justification, bringing us back to equal standing with God as if we had never sinned. 
But then Sunday, when Jesus rose from the dead, takes us beyond equal standing and God elevates us to the position of son and daughter, prince and princess. We get to be brothers and sisters with Jesus Christ, children of God, heirs of all the glory and the greatness that eternity and a relationship with God has to offer. Jesus didn't just take us back to equal standing. He rose again to give us resurrection power, new life, hope, and purpose. Maybe you're sitting here 2021 Easter listening to that ice outside thinking, when's spring going to come? When are things going to change? When are the vaccines or the politics or the employment or the social status, when are these things going to just clarify that we're free to move on with hope and purpose and life and future? The truth is none of those things ever will, but Jesus already has. And that's the message that we preach this morning. So if you're participating here in person or if you're participating at home online and this is resonating with you like never before, I'm going to pray a prayer. And it's not a special, magical prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's just an opportunity for you to clarify and signify to yourself, to God, the decision that you've already made in your heart as you're resonating with these truths today and believing them, trusting them, making them your own. I want to encourage you if, you, if you've never made this decision before, would you just join me as I pray now? Feel free to repeat these words after me. Feel free to say them out loud. Feel free just to think about them in your mind and your heart. This is just between you and God. Pray with me now if you would. God, thank you that you are king. God, today I submit my life to you. I confess the brokenness and the sin in my life. I ask you to forgive me. God, would you make me new? Today I give you my life. because you have given me yours. Thank you for saving me, for rescuing me, for making me your child. Thank you, God. If you prayed that prayer today or you made that decision in your heart, in the room, participating online, would you just tell somebody the person who invited you, the person you're sitting beside, the person whose living room you're in because they invited you to participate on this, the person who sent you the link to watch this service, would you just take a moment and start that conversation with them? And then would you fill out the Connect card? Would you reach out to us so we could start the conversation, so we could pray with you, so we could celebrate with you, so that we can give you resources to help you in your first steps in your faith journey, would you do that this Easter 2021? As we close this service, um, I just want to declare together the theme and the reason as to why we're here. So on the count of three, we are going to say, Jesus is risen. You remember that? You got that? Straightforward enough? You're going to join me, right? It's not just going to be me saying it. You ready? Jesus is risen. Three, two, one, 
Jesus is risen. Amen. Happy Easter, everyone.